Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. It is I, Michael Anthony Ingram. Tonight, my very special guest is Pamela Hassan, also known as Poetic Hummingbird. Her book is titled Poetic Lessons. Poetic Hummingbird, welcome to the show. Hello, Dr. Ingram, fellow poets and lovers of poetry. I'm so excited and honored to share this platform this evening. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, very nice. I like that. I like that. All right, let's begin this poetic journey together. All right, what is poetry? I would describe poetry as an expressive way to share an emotion, thought, topic, or an idea from the poet's perspective. Poetry is a distinct style of literary writing in which I feel special emphasis or intensity is placed on a topic or a subject using creative writing techniques. Basically, I feel it's the poet's authentic way of expressing emotions or conveying a message. All right. Tell me what it is from your heart when you think about it. When I think about it from my heart, it's basically allowing a poet to freely bleed their emotions on paper, no matter what the topic is. Um, Just allowing them to dig deep and convey a message that may not ordinarily be received using conventional way of communicating. Did you say bleed their emotions on paper? Yes. Is that what you said? Yes. That is so powerful. Tell me more about that. I, I, that just intrigued me. Tell me. Well, basically, I feel like as a poet for me, um, using that language, I'm able to share things or remove things out of my subconscious mind that I would ordinarily hold on to, whether that be grief or pain or love that was lost. Sometimes I can't speak those words eloquently into the atmosphere, but using poetry, I can really express how I feel so that those emotions don't um, become captivative and fester inside of my subconscious mind. I can understand that. I like that. Wow. I'm going to keep that one. All right. So we know what poetry is. Why is it important? I think poetry is important because it allows me as a poet to express an array of emotions or discuss topics that might be sensitive in nature in a creative manner that can make the subject easier to digest or receive for the poet's intended audience. Um, For me, it's specifically important because, again, it allows me to believe my emotions are pain on paper. And Mm -hmm. I think without um, poetry, a lot of things, um, again, would just be stuck in my subconscious mind to carry on through chapters in my life. Oh, uh, very nice. Please share a poem. The first poem I'm going to share is from the Unity section um, in my book, Poetic Lessons, and it is called We March On. We march on, we march on, but the victory has yet to be won. Flashbacks of inequality, minds shackled to the trees, 
where strange fruit hung from. So many of our ancestors died to pave the way, but there's still work left to be done. We stand up tall and proud with angelic voices singing, lift every voice and sing. But when the music stops, can you say you exemplify what it means? The song represents freedom and equality. It echoes that we are all the same. Yet racism, colorism, classism, and sexism still has our minds shackled in chains. I'm different from you. You're different from me. So let's bridge the gap so that we can learn. Let's remove the crippling mindset that if racism doesn't affect me, then it's not my concern. Dr. King had a dream, a powerful vision that we would stand together, not separate, but hand in hand. For his dream not to grow cold and stagnant, we must rise up and take a stand. A stand on discrimination, segregation, racial profiling. We must never back down or accept defeat, or the nooses will be placed with bullets and guns, anguish and despair. And even when there is no justice, we must still stand or history will continue to repeat. We shall overcome the trotted waters of yesterday just to march into today's gloom. We cannot march on if our minds are still encapsulated in dark and gloomy tombs. We are the future of this nation, the keeper of a dream. So from the mountaintop, from the depths of our soul, let's stand, join together, and let freedom Ring. Thank you. Wow. Oh, that was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely beautiful. I mean, your voice is crystal clear. Thank you. Crystal clear. Wow. I want to go back before we continue this journey. I need to know why, why are you poetic hummingbird? That's what I want to know. So there's a little sad story behind that um, that name. One of my best friends mm-hmm. um, passed away in December. She was a physician. And we kind of met um, when I was in a crisis in the emergency room. And whenever mm-hmm. I'm going through a dark place in my life, I tend to hum whatever is going on in my mind. And that usually translates into poetry. And so she yes. named me Hummingbird. And that name just stuck because I figure – I love to pollinate people's minds with rhythmic rhymes. So it just made sense. So I've been using that name um, really diligently within the last year or so just to really honor her memory. How has it been received? It's been received well because most of the people in my close circle, they say I hum all the time. And they'll ask me, (laughs) well, what song is that you're humming? And it's really not a song I'm humming. Sometimes it's a Mm -hmm. melody that's in my head that ends up being a poem or it's words that I'm chanting in my mind that ends up turning Mm -hmm. into poetry. Wow. I like it. Share another poem, please. I want to hear some more. The next poem I'm going to share is called The Cracked Mirror. Foggy, damaged, shattered. The mirror turns black. It was hard to see a clear reflection through the jagged crack. Dreams are dismembered when life beats down your soul. It makes true happiness hard to grab a hold. In the jagged reflection, there is so much that my eyes cannot see. Through the broken glass, it was hard to see the best part of me. The girl that stares in the mirror, I would like to know her name. I wonder if she's the same. Sometimes I wish I could race her pain tarnished reflection from wounds afflicted long ago. 
gifts of the spirit that the mind can't bestow. I want to trust the fire in her eyes. I want to hear her heart come alive. The reflection is cloudy. I must attempt to adjust my peripheral view so the light that illuminates a new pathway can finally shine through. Wow. What is the purpose of that poem? The purpose of that poem is sometime when we go through so many challenges in life, the reflection mm-hmm. that we look in a mirror, I call it your, your dress-up self. I use this All term right. where sometimes people are walking around hiding behind the I'm doing fine mask. You know, you ever yes. meet somebody like you could see on their body language that they're having a bad day or they're going through something. You ask them, how are they doing? Like, oh, I'm doing fine. <laughs> and sometimes right. I found that that reflects um, my own self and how I will dress up and, and look a certain way. But inside I'm going through something, but I'm trying to mask that pain. And so that's how the crack mirror was actually born. Mm. So as you think about your body of work, what are some of the predominant things? So as I think of my body of work, I'm known for writing and reciting poetry for collegiate programs that are centered around unity and equity and inclusion. However, yes. as a poet, I'm not married to a specific. I simply just write from my heart to encourage myself and my readers mm-hmm. to have a grateful heart and an optimistic spirit and to live in love without hesitation or reservation, no matter what challenges they are faced with. Um, for example, on my social media page for Hummingbird, I write daily yes. inspirational notes and poetic quotes to give my readers kind of a jolt of positivity. On another page, mm-hmm. um, Widow's Closet, I write poetry about grief and loss to share my experience with losing my husband. And finally, on Agape Inspires, I share poetry about sending and spreading love through giving. So for me, yes. poetry is more of a language that I speak to convey a message, mm-hmm. no matter what the topic is. Oh, very nice. Tell me about what inspired Poetic Lessons. So Poetic Lessons, um, I wanted to really poetically speak about specific chapters that we all are faced with at one point in time in our lives. And I wanted to do it in a way that would stir emotions inside the reader's heart and mind. So the poems in Poetic Lessons are kind of broken into four categories, love, unity, then grief and pain, and then empowerment. And my thought process for the structure of the book was to create a flow of poems that allowed the reader to kind of find a dose of positivity or examine a different perspective when navigating through the challenges that life can bring. Mm. So if you had to convince a friend or colleague to read your book, what might you tell them? Um. What I will tell them is one thing I I believe is important to live authentically and unapologetically. And for this means, for me, this means striving to create the best life for yourself. And sometimes we get caught up in what others want for us. So I would encourage somebody to dive deep into poetic lessons. And I guarantee you they'll find something that kind of speaks to their journey, whether it's a journey they're on now or whether there's a journey that they've experienced in the past. Because sometimes I feel like we sit in isolation and we think this Mm -hmm. can only be happening to me. And I think poetry allows people to see that we all go through the same universal love, the universal pain. It just looks different. Let's go back again on this journey. Let's go back. What was an early experience 
where you learn that poetic language had power. What was an early experience that I learned that poetic language had power? I yes. would say for me as a child, I learned that um, poetic language had power because I, I grew up in a household where often pain was silence. And for mm. me, I think poetry became a language that I was able to speak freely without fear of repercussions. And I believe that it was what God gave to me so that I wouldn't suppress my own voice. And so my yes. first poem was um, called Running for the Pain, Running from the Pain. And I think wow. that taught me writing that poem at nine years old that poetic language does have power. Mm. You know, you speak with such conviction. Do you think that you were meant to be a poet? I think I'm a creative person. Um, I don't just think outside the box. I live there. Um, but All I don't right. think I was oh, meant nice. to be a poet. However, mm -hmm. I do believe that I was meant to speak poetically because it's an effortless mm -hmm. language for me. It's extremely easier for me to write a poem and express how I feel as opposed to just saying the words verbally. Right. Wow. Wow. Well, what surprises you most about being a poet? What surprises me most about being a poet? I yes. would say that it comes natural to me. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have friends in my, in my circle that really support me. And a lot of times they'll call me and they'll just give me a word topic. And I'll, they'll say, mm -hmm. call me back in 15 minutes and tell me what you got. And usually within 15 minutes, I will have a poem fully composed. So I think that's what <laughs> surprises me most. And I don't really go through a lot of writer's block. It just, I speak from my heart. And whatever comes out on paper, that's my poem. What did you learn about yourself from writing your book, Poetic Lessons? What I learned about myself was I was carrying a lot of pain that I thought I had put away. I thought I All had right, done then. good at masking it and kind of moving forward with this new, new beautiful life that had unfolded. So I think writing mm -hmm. that book allowed me to really free myself and really mm – -hmm not just hold myself in captivity from what happened in the past, but move forward to a new day and be open to whatever God has for me in this chapter of my life. Oh, very nice. Please share a poem. The next poem I'm going to share is called Racism Matters. Have we become programmed to think that racism doesn't matter? So much that we're oblivious to the millions of dreams that it shatters not to mention the tension it creates. We can no longer perpetuate hate. Together, let's annihilate. The concept that blacks are not equal to whites, this dismissive mindset does not promote equal rights. Am I right? Do you agree? You see, I just want to live in a world where there's peace and harmony, to have reciprocated respect for more autonomy, to not have to worry about someone judging or dishonoring me simply because I'm black. God knows I can't change that fact. So I'll boldly shoulder the burdens of my ancestors on my back for the right to be free. Because of them, Kamala Harris made history, not just because she's a woman, because her mere reflection is me. You see, we can no longer be permissive or illicit about the pain racism afflicts to love God and hate his creation makes one a hypocrite and it contradicts. And ultimately, equity and unity is what it prevents. I just want to be me. 
So allow me to share today what I believe. We must eliminate biases and notions that are preconceived, and only then when we learn to interweave our lives. But first, we must admit that segregation and racism still exist, and only then can we peacefully coexist together. We can work in tandem to make our world better. If we unify our hearts and minds before it's too late, then and only then can we make America great. Thank you. Wow. Oh, wow. That really touched me. How Thank does a you. poem begin for you? <laughs> How does a poem begin for you with an idea or form or an image? Let's see. How does a poem begin for me? I think whether I'm thinking about an idea or a person or looking at an image, a poem for me simply begins with words dancing around in my mind or a specific mm-hmm. rhythm or melody that keeps playing over and over again in my head. It's, it's kind of complicated to explain, but I have literally been driving in my car, listening to the radio or walking in the park, enjoying scenery and words or a melody will just randomly just over and over again pop in my head. And once that starts, I literally have to find a way to get those words out of my head and onto paper. And although I enjoy the freedom of freestyle writing, I love word and picture prompt poetry challenges because it helps me to sharpen my craft. Mm. You know, all great writers have great writing influences. Who are some of yours and what makes them great in your eyes? Very interesting question, Dr. Ingram. The first (laughs) poet that comes to my mind is um, Dr. Maya Angelou, because um, she was the first female inaugural poet, and I believe her poems still resonate in our hearts and minds today. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like the second one that pops in my head would be Amanda Gorman. I feel like Amanda Gorman made poetry relevant again. In a time where the world was in chaos, Amanda's poem, The Hill We Climb, gave the world hope. And I think Dr. Maya Angelou and Amanda Gorman's poetry influences me particularly when I'm writing poems for collegiate programs. I think their poetry Mm -hmm. inspires us to love ourselves and each other, which is a message I want to convey in my poetry. You know, I shared earlier that you speak with conviction, that your voice is crystal clear. What I'd like to know at this point is, what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? Or your spoken word voice? That's an interesting question. I think the relationship between my speaking voice um, is a little different. I actually have a master's degree, and I work in higher education where a high level of evidence-based writing that reflects a kind of autonomy, good grammar, syntax, and tone is typically important. So my written voice, I feel, is very scholarly. Um, However, uh, my speaking voice and poetic hummingbird speaking voice, I think is a little different. Typically, Pam is quiet. I'm quiet and shy and extremely (laughs) private. But on the other hand, poetic hummingbird, she commands attention. (laughs) And she is not afraid to poetically (laughs) come out. (laughs) I can tell. You know, I want you to imagine for a moment, and we can go back to your poetry, that a poem is like a cake, all right? Okay, okay. What are some of the prevalent ingredients that would potentially go into that cake or that poem? What do you need to make it work? Okay, if a poem was like a cake, 
I think the first ingredient I would use is flow, which for me would represent flower. I think mm-hmm. the second ingredient I would you would be message, which would represent milk, followed by a cup of rhythm and melody, which would represent the baking soda. Then I would add lint to represent a pinch of salt, grammar maybe for a pinch of sugar. I think energy <laughs> is important. And finally, I think the narrative voice to represent the frosting on the cake. Wow. Now, there's no way you could have known that off the top of your head. <laughs> you must have already had to answer that question. No. That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Boy, you need, you need one. <laughs> You're going to have to write that down. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> wow. Wow. I like that. <laughs> it's time for another Okay, the next poem is called um, When I Can't Speak. Mm -hmm. When I can't speak, will you hear me? Or when my desperate cries seemingly fade away? When I can't speak, will you hear me? Will you mask my pain thinking I'm okay? When I can't speak, will you hear me? Will you see the pain in my eyes? When I can't speak, will you hear me? Will you care enough to find out why? When I can't speak, will you hear me? Will you have enough love to spare? Showing up in silent moments shows how much you care. So when I can't speak, I need you to be the voice that guides the way. Be the first to break the uncomfortable silence. Ask me if I'm okay. For when I am free and safe and comfortable in your words, my heart feels free enough to be heard. Thank you. Wow. You said when I can't speak. And that brought up a lot of different emotions. What I want to know is, is a poem letting your guard down or building a wall? For me, a poem is definitely letting my guard down. And I think that's why when I can't speak, that poem, I wrote it in five minutes because it's it's truly who I am. A lot of times Mm -hmm. in in situations, I find myself sometimes I'm guilty of emotionally shutting down. And you may Mm -hmm. think, oh, everything is fine and perfect in our world, and this is just wonderful. And Mm -hmm. if you're not the type of person that will really dig a little deeper then you mm-hmm. really will never get to know the true person that lives inside of me. So I think mm-hmm. it's, it's really important sometimes to really diligently check in on, on people that you care about and not just assume because they look great on the outside or they're saying I'm fine that they're okay. I agree 100%. Let me ask this question as a follow-up. Does it hurt you to write poetry? If not, why not? It does. For me, I remember writing this specific poem called Grief Release. Mm -hmm. And I wrote that poem in nine minutes, 34 seconds. And when I was done with that poem, I was an emotional wreck. All right. And that really surprised me how deep-rooted some of those emotions have been bottled up and how mm-hmm. that poem, it freed me in a way 
but it also still stuck with me in a painful way. All right. All right. Wow. Mm. Wow. Let's take a brief break, and we'll be right back. Hassan, a wonderful poetic hummingbird. You know, Pamela, poetic hummingbird, this is a call-in show, and we have a couple of callers. How do you feel about that? I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right, let's try one. Okay, area code 909. The first three numbers are 633. Hold on. You're on the air, Pamela. Good evening. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing okay. How are you guys? All right. Great, great, great. Do you have a question for Pamela? Not really. I'm just kind of enjoying the show. I think Okay, that's fine too. All right, bitch. All right, all right. Well thank you. All right. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, thank you guys. Yes. Area code two one six. The first three numbers are five five four. You're on the air with Pamela. Do you have a question for Pamela? Good evening. Good evening. Hello? Yes. Good evening. Yes, How me? are you? Yes, I'm you. Yes. I'm, I am definitely enjoying the show. One question I would have for Pamela is, is in your darkest hour, what, can, what messages can you deliver to someone as far as what type of porn do you think would uplift that person's spirit? Mm. Mm. Very interesting question. I think in in my darkest hour, I think a message that can help somebody is really to share a poem that has something to do with gratitude. I think a lot of times, depending on what we're going through in life, we get stuck in our own cycle and we forget to just find little doses of gratitude that we can hold on until we can get out of that darkness. Mm. Gratitude. Wow. That's a big one. Because gratitude for the soul. Gratitude. Thank you so much. Yes. All right. Thank you. I'm glad you called in. Keep thank listening. You. All right. All right. All right. All right. What I want to know, Pamela, you know, I keep either Pamela or Boyd Herbert, everything is fantastic. <laughs> what I want to know is, they say that to see the world with complete honesty, one should look to comedians, artists, poets, and musicians. What do you think emerges naturally from your work? What emerges from you? 
What comes out? What what oozes out of you? I think what oozes out of me would be inspirational poetry and a poetry that mm-hmm. reminds um, my readers to have a grateful heart and an optimistic spirit. So I think that's, right. that's right. normally what just oozes out of me. And that's normally what my readers kind of take away, no matter whether it's a poem about grief or a poem about love, to just have a grateful heart and an optimistic spirit, no matter what stage you are in your life. That's a good one. Please share a poem. Um, well, the caller prompted me to share this poem. We talked about gratitude. So I think it's important yes. to share a poem called Gratitude. We are many miles apart, closer than you think. When we extend gratitude, it becomes our strongest link, a link that rattles adversities, uncertainties. Gratitude breaks every change, an inner strength to endure. It helps our minds sustain. Gratitude allows us to experience optimism, to give thanks for all that we have. It reminds us to count our blessings, to rejoice and be glad. Gratitude suppresses doubt that often clouds our minds like weeds. Gratitude is positive thinking that puts our souls at ease. Gratitude is uplifting one another. It's our readiness to lend a hand. It's walking through life with certainty, even when we are baffled by its plan. So when your mind gets weary, let gratitude be your guide. It becomes a reliable compass that your mind can always find. Thank you. Wow. Wow. A reliable compass. You know, in that poem, you use the word doubt. All right? Yes. Am I correct? The word yes. doubt. Where does, where does your poetic doubt begin? I think my poetic doubt really it began when I was a little kid. I would just write stuff down, and I was in a in a household where pain was often silenced, and even mm-hmm. when you did something great, sometimes that wasn't acknowledged. And so I would just write stuff down, like, oh, how does that sound? Oh, that's horrible. So I think my doubt mm-hmm. started at a young age, but as, mm-hmm. as I grew up and started writing more and more, and I got into a collegiate setting and I started sharing poetry, I would have people in the audience be like, where can I find that? That's not published <laughs> anywhere? Are you sure? And so it inspired me to just step out of the shadows of fear and step in the mm-hmm. faith and just mm-hmm. do what I love to do and share that with an audience with the hopes that it would inspire them in some way. Well, let me ask this. Does writing poetry energize or exhaust you? It depends on what I'm writing about. If I'm writing about love and unity, it can energize me. But if I'm writing about grief and pain from a personal level, that can be exhausting because I went through mm-hmm. a period in my life where actually my spouse had passed away. So when I'm writing oh, about okay. those sorry, poems, they are very deep-rooted and they're very emotional. And sometimes it either resurfaces that pain and causes it to sit with me, but mm-hmm. – um, I still take pride and joy in writing it because I've been told that even those pains bless somebody who are in their earliest stages of grief. Yes, I agree. I agree. Please share another poem. Okay. Um, I think it will be appropriate for me to share, since we were talking about grief, a poem that I wrote um, called Grief Release to kind of release some of the bottled up pain that I was experiencing after the death of my husband. 
All right. My heart has been broken, shattered. My soul is filled with grief. The pain ebbs and flows. Will the tsunami ever cease? My soul cries out for peace. My spirit yearns for grief to release. One minute we were laughing, building. Your love was unyielding, protected and often shielding me from hurt and pain. My will has been shattered. I feel emotionally drained. Trying to get used to the new reflection of me, knowing things will never go back to the way they used to be. Unmasked grief. Sometime when I'm alone, I cry out to God on bended knee. Lord God, please don't forsake me. Guide me. Help me navigate through this tedious grief because my heart is still yearning for the love we once shared because nothing left in this world compares. A broken heart now is what I solemnly wear, holding on tight with all my might to the memories we once shared. When I find the courage to say your name, the unbearable pain that grief afflicts when our life was taken so quick. Without you, my heart feels heavy, lonely, and a little homesick. Watery eyes begin to cry when my mind replays that final goodbye. My heart cries out, why did you have to leave? Now I'm left alone to unapologetically grieve, even though my heart believes if love could have saved you, you never would have died. Thank you. Wow. I need a moment. I need a moment. Just to kind of process what you shared. Just need just a second. Okay. Mm. All right. You feel like sharing one more for me? Yes. Okay. All right. Let me share. Um, this poem is called Love Why. And right. this poem is actually connected to a book I'm writing. And this mm-hmm. is a fiction book about love. But the person in the book, actually, when she's in a, a dark space about love, she creates poetry. And that becomes her narrative. So love, why? Love, why are you knocking at my door? I told you, don't come around here no more. Because what you bring is misery and pain, like broken glass shattered in the rain. Like a candle, at first your passion burns so bright. But when I removed the surge protector, there was no light. The darkness, the lies, the deceit, then those childish games. The passion in the middle of the night was not for me because you called out her name. In the broken glass you shattered, I could now see the distorted reflection of myself. She gave so much to you until there was nothing left. So be on your way, love. Go and bother someone else. The book of love is closed. It will remain on the shelf. Thank you. You know, some years ago, I coined a term, metaphorically screaming, or screaming through metaphor. And I think that's what you do. It's to get it out of your system yes. through yes. words. Yes. yes. Is that right? Yes. Is that right? That's me. That's I just, me. I, I just picked that up. I'm like, she's you, Michael. Oh, boy, we kindred spirits. I knew I liked you. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Screaming through metaphor to somehow douse the pain and the anguish and celebrate the victories. Celebrate the victories. Mm. Now, your poetry to me is very accessible. I understand it. It's clear. 
what I want to know from you is how hard should you work at a poem to solve it? I don't think you should have to work really hard to solve a poem. It really shouldn't be Mm -hmm. constructed like a Rubik's Cube. It should be very (laughs) simple, simple to digest, um, no matter what age group you're presenting to. And I believe it Mm -hmm. should in some way really resonate to their spirit as well as entertain them. Okay. Okay. Now, when you're reciting your work, are you having a conversation with anyone as you're reciting or reading? When I'm reciting my poetry, I think a lot of times I'm having a conversation with that nine-year-old girl, and I'm just mm-hmm. letting her know that you're here. You're mm-hmm. beautiful. You've overcome. Mm-hmm. And I think it's time for you to not hide behind the shadows of your own pain, but step out on purpose and share that pain with somebody else with the hopes that it will inspire them and pull them out of their dark moments. Oh, wow. Wow. Now that really touched me. We've got another caller. Yes. Can I bring this person on? Yes. Absolutely. code 216-849 is the number. Do you have a question for Poetic Hummingbird? You're on there. Good evening. Hello. Good evening. Poetic Hello. Hummingbird. It's great to hear. It, it is awesome to hear your work. I've heard it before, and I'm always mm-hmm. impressed. Question for you. Yes. How um, are you able to uh, come up with a poem, a poem instantly? Like if I just gave you a word, uh, and if that word resonates with you, would you be able to come up with some type of poetry based on that word? Yes. I think <laughs> I love how you use the word resonate. It has to be, mm-hmm. it has to really resonate um, with me. Um, for example, I had a really close friend of mine call me the other day and she said, this, I have these two words running around in my head. She was thinking about the journey in life that I'm on now, knowing that I'm engaged and what that looks like. And she said, Blended ecstasy. I think you should write a poem about blended ecstasy to to tell your love story now and what that looks like. I said, okay, I'll call you back in 15 minutes. Within 15 minutes, I had a poem, which will appear in my new book that I'm working on called Blended Ecstasy. And she was like, wow, I absolutely love the way you constructed that poem out of those just two words. Well, you want to give her an opportunity? (laughs) Do you have a word tonight (laughs) that may resonate with her? Oh, my God. Throw throw one at her. (laughs) (laughs) Got a nice word? Um, Let's let's see. Um, Well, maybe it's. Several, maybe it's several words, and I think that based on the fact that she just shared that she's newly engaged, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Yes, it's beautiful. Two words that, two words that maybe come to mind, um, baptized and love. Three words, baptized and love. Okay, I wrote that down. I will be working on that. 
All right. <laughs> All right, ma'am. Thank you for calling. So you stay on the line so you can hear the poem, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. <laughs> All right, fantastic. Fantastic. I like that. Let's take a brief break and we'll be right back. back. I am here with Pamela Hassan, the poetic hummingbird, and she lives up to that title. An amazing artist. An amazing artist. Now, Ms. Hummingbird, I've got a question for you. (laughs) You've written books, and editing is a major, major, major component of writing the book. So here's my question. Some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature, once it's out there, is that much you can do to correct or improve it. Or others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take, what is your take on the editing process? Hmm. I think my take on the editing process is typically I just flow and write freely. I think the only time I'll edit my work is if it's based on um, – collegiate poems. Sometimes I'll edit them or tailor them depending on the audience. And sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll edit them in that moment. I've been known to recite a poem and something just speaks to me. So maybe how you saw it um, end in my book, I may add a Mm -hmm. couple stanzas on there because it just just spoke to me at that moment. So I think for a poet, I think editing um, your work is fine. But once it's a published document, I think it should really be a published document, unless you're, again, presenting it to the public and you just want to add something different or really show your audience your creativity. What makes a poem good? I know it's subjective. What do you think makes a poem good to you? What makes a poem good to me is if it's something that you hear, but it resonates within your spirit to the point you're constantly thinking about that poem or you're thinking about mm-hmm. how does that apply to my life? What does that mean right. for me? If you just read a poem and like, oh, well, that was a great poem. It was very interesting. I joined it. I enjoyed it, but you don't find anything that resonated with you where it kind of touched your heart. Then I don't feel like the poetry flowed in a way that it should have. All right. What is a measure of success as a poet? I think for me as a measure of success as a poet is when I have situations where people will stop me after I've done a presentation and say, wow, your poem on racism matters. It gave me a different perspective or your poem on grief release. I saw myself and my pain in that, or I was going through this and, you know, your gratitude poem, it made me realize, 
wow, what I've, what I've gone through, it's bad, but somebody else is going through something a lot worse. So I think that's what mm-hmm. makes it really important um, for me. You know, we talk about gratitude and loss and racism, discrimination, you name it. There's so much happening in this world. The good, bad, and indifferent as well as ugly. Now, here's my question. What do you see has been the role of a poet in modern-day society? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Um, One of my models is I try to speak without offending and to listen Mm -hmm. without being defensive. So in a society where there's so many challenges, I feel the role of a poet in modern-day society is to write poems in a powerful non-offensive way to approach a topic Mm -hmm. or convey a message that would ordinarily get lost in translation using basic or oral um, communication. I think poets Mm -hmm. should really try to write poetry that not only entertains people, but poetry should also be socially responsible and write poetry that inspires or poetry that gives the audience new information. Well, can you can you share a poem or write a poem that doesn't offend somebody? Um, I think it's difficult at times, but I think you can choose mm-hmm. your words wisely to where okay. they can be received. And particularly, I try to do that in cultural poems about um, yes. equity and inclusion and racism. I try to write mm-hmm. poems that are authentic, but that are not offensive. Okay, okay. I, I remember from my own days of leading workshops on racism, and, use, and my tool was always poetry, utilizing poetry. And it's very hard because you're so easy to offend somebody with one word, you know, and they turned off. But if they hang in there with you, yeah. that's where change takes place. Absolutely. If Absolutely. your poem can reach them and they hang in there with you and not give up, that's where change takes place. Wonderful, Absolutely. wonderful. Yes. What advice would you give to an aspiring poet? That's what I want to know. Someone who's just started. For someone who's just starting to write poetry, I would say be consistent. Carve out time, whether that's 20 minutes a day, an hour a day, where you're really going to sit down and focus on sharpening your craft. Um, Speak with conviction and speak Mm -hmm. from your heart. Don't let the words get all jumbled up or try to make them all fancy. Make the words plain enough where you're pulling emotions out of your audience so that they can really take something away from your poetry. All right. Now it's time for a mini concert. Please share three poems back to back. Okay, a mini concert. (laughs) A poetic concert. Losses and Silver Linings will be my first poem, and this is my pandemic poem. I wrote it in the height of the pandemic. Heavy hearts strained by trials and tribulations, trying to ascertain the unknown revelation. We grow weary when so many chapters in our lives seem to be filled with pain, loss, misery, and strife. Wounded spirits, heavy hearts, broken dreams. Sometimes it feels like our lives are pulling apart at the seams, but yet we press on. Even when grieving, loss is the norm. We find strength when the fog is dense, when the weight of the burdens we carry become immense, when nothing about this life makes sense. 
we still press on. With tenacity, we weather the storm. Even though sometimes we lose so much that we not see what we gain and the gut-wrenching pain makes it hard to refrain from feeling hopeless, helpless, sometimes even breathless. I encourage you never to allow your spirit to go restless. When calm becomes chaos, when you can no longer see a way out, when burdens pierce your heart like thorns, just shoulder up your cross and carry on. Even if you feel like you have nothing left, if your heart is bereft, when your soul cries out for rest, even through pain and loss, you can search for the silver lining. Remember, life unfolds according to God's timing. So when you find yourself in the midst of a cloudy day, when your world seems dark and gray, to search for the silver lining, just kneel and pray for spiritual discernment, inner peace, for the Holy Spirit to bestow grace so that with humility you can face. So the pain of loss don't erase. Or the blessings. Remember, losses and silver linings are connected because they both convey a powerful message. Wow. The second poem I will Wait, share. Give me a, well, hold on, hold on. Give me a second to breathe. Let me breathe. <laughs> you said give me a second to breathe before you knock me out again. <laughs> Pause in between, please. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You can continue. I'm sorry. Okay. Um. Let me. I'll do a poem on leadership. All right. Let's see. A great leader sets the tone for others to follow with ethical decision-making as its practical model. Leadership is not just a word, but it's an admirable quality one should possess. Leaders should use integrity and values as their moral compass. Leaders hold themselves to a higher standard. Resilience and passion fuse the leader to strive. Their holistic approach to problem solving, it helps the leader to thrive. Leaders are empowered to use their voice to promote awareness and create change. A leader's vision keeps their goals at close range. A leader's hard work and dedication solidifies their place. Leaders move and interact with humility and grace. Chosen leaders stand tall and take your place. With an inner buried spirit, there's nothing you cannot face. That was leadership. (laughs) Leadership. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I'm ready for another one. Okay, I'm going to, (laughs) I'm going to do a poem that I have not done since I was nine years old. This is the pain, the poem that I wrote at nine, called, and it's a short poem called "Running from the Pain." Well, let me say this before you start. I was going to ask you, did you still have that poem? When you first yes. talked about it, and you do. <laughs> All right, it's great. Yes. Please share. Yes. Running from the pain. The rain pours down. It covers me. It masks my tears. The thunder beats down like a drum. It intensifies my fears. I run inside to hide, to seek shelter from the storm. But the clash from the lightning startles me. I scramble to find a place to hide. I can feel the storm closing in on me. Oh, God, I'm running out of time. Thank you. That was nine-year-old Pam. I I, I can't believe it. It's unbelievable that you wrote that at nine. I'd like you to share it one more time, please, if you don't mind. The rain pours down. It covers me. It masks my tears. The thunder beats down like a drum. It intensifies my fears. 
I run inside to hide, to seek shelter from the storm. But the clash from the lightning startles me. I scramble to find a place to hide. I can feel the storm closing in on me. Oh, God, I'm running out of time. Wow. That a nine-year-old nine girl. Okay. Nine-year-old little Pam before Poetic Hummingbird was born, wow. just trying to get some of those bottled-up emotions that she didn't yes. know how to speak about, just trying to get those out of her so that they wouldn't eat away at her at a young age. You know, in my travels, in my teaching, I asked a young girl one time, I was working with her, I said, she was 10 years old. I said, how do you feel? She said, 25. Mm. Based on everything she had seen in her short life, Mm -hmm. we go through so much, so much. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Here we go. Here's my last question to you. And then I'd like you to share one more poem, all right? Okay. Writers and, writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons. Some write primarily to speak a message to their audience. Others write because to stay silent is not an option. Why do you write? I write because staying silent for me is no longer an option. It used to be mm-hmm. an option. I used to just write poetry. I have hundreds and hundreds of poetry that I would write and just keep them tucked in a little notebook. But mm-hmm. I began to tell myself that's still a way that you're, you're being silent. That's still a way that you're hiding behind a mask. And I think when I start writing poetry, especially with putting out my um, first book, Poetic Lessons, people that knew me, that thought they knew me, they realized they didn't. And that book mm. allowed people to really see me, see me right. behind the mask, understand the journey that I've traveled on to become the woman I am today. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Please share one more. Whatever you'd like to share on any topic, anything, whatever you'd like to close with. Oh, let's see. I want to close with an encouraging poem called... Believe. Step out from under the shackles of your mind. Don't let the storms of life shift your paradigm. Believe in the vision, even when you cannot see a designated path in the forest due to the overgrown trees. Like the bird in the sky, believe that you could soar to new heights. Remember, anything is possible when you allow your dreams to take flight. Be encouraged when you stumble. Don't stay stuck there. Don't fall into the abyss of negativity thinking life isn't fair. Learn from your mistakes. They will teach you a valuable lesson. Sometimes things just happen is the answer to the why me question. Step into your purpose. Continue to march on. Navigate with positivity through your storm. When you plant seeds to grow your harvest, there's nothing you can't achieve. So I'll ask you today, what do you believe? Thank you. Mm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, we've reached the end of our poetic journey tonight, but what I want to know is, where can listeners find your work? 
Listeners can find my work. I'm on Facebook, um, Poetic Hummingbird Poetry. Um, they can find me on Whittle's Closet doing grief poetry, or you can find me mm. at www.poetichummingbirdpoetry.com, and that will give you a link to all of my social media platforms as well as give you insight to locations where I am doing live poetry. All right. What's next for you? Where do you go from here with your work? As a poet, I'm constantly writing um, every day. I try to write at least five to seven poems. I'm currently working on um, two books um, side by side. The first book is called Melodies of Love, which I hope to have Mm -hmm. completed and published in October of 2020, a couple months. And I'm also working on a poetry book called Grease Scars, which I hope to have Grease Scars um, completed fall of 2023. Oh, wow. So that's what I'm working on. <laughs> oh, you know, I don't want this hour to end, but it must. But yeah. I want to thank you so much for sharing your work, sharing yourself, sharing your being, your essence. And I've been thinking through this entire program, and the word that keeps coming to mind is majesty, M-A-J-E-S-T-Y. Oh, wow. Wow. I don't know whether you've been a queen somewhere in a former life. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but you're the you. queen of the airwaves tonight. Oh, <laughs> the poetic so airwaves tonight. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm honored um, to share this um, platform with you and, and other um, fellow poets. Um, and thank you for the work that you do to put a spotlight on poetry. It's really important, well, especially in these times. Yes. Well, working with people like you make it worth it. Have a big Thank smile you. on my face. Thank you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. I want to thank you for tuning in. We'll be back on Wednesday night. So, as I share every week, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everybody. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes. Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.